Hello, everyone, and welcome to Science A podcast. Uh, today we have Irina as our guest, and uh, let me introduce Irina first. So she received Bachelor of Science, Master of Science degrees in Physics, and uh, then she got her licentiate and Doctor of Science degrees in Electrical Engineering from Aalto University. And after that, she has been a postdoctoral researcher and visiting scientist with the University of Hamburg, NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory, California Institute of Technology, and Chalmers University of Technology. Wow, that's an impressive list already. And since 2019, she works at Aalto University as postdoctoral researcher and checks as a reviewer for conference proceedings, scientific journals, and also an expert evaluator for research funding programs. And her interests include millimeter wave triggers and quasi-optical measurements with applications to remote sensing and medical imaging. Uh, hello, Irina. Hello. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, that's, you're welcome. Uh, that's great, of course, to have you here. And could you elaborate a little bit more about your research topics? Like, for example, there is like medical imaging is mentioned. Uh, what, what exactly you're doing? Uh, the main purpose is a future application for early stage diagnosis. For example, if you have some eye disease, it would be better if at the very beginning of your disease we can, you know, describe the problem so that the healing, the cure will be faster and that will lead to a successful um, cure of the disease. So that's very, very um, uh, important uh, problem nowadays because a lot of people, they come too late to the hospital. So in most of the cases, the disease can be predicted way earlier. Do you work with like hospitals in, in this domain or do you develop like some devices which can be mm. used so that people can like use at home and this disease can be like kind of tracked or not tracked but monitored, their health can be monitored and if something like wrong is, is discovered then like the signal is sent to hospital. Is it in this way or? Uh, well, first of all, we do collaborate with some um, um, uh, clinicians. Uh, for example, we have a collaborator doctor at UCLA. Uh, currently in Finland we don't have such collaborations because uh, we just started it here uh, three years ago. Uh, my current boss, he came from Los Angeles uh, to Finland just three years ago and it's difficult to establish a very solid collaboration. It because it's very it's quite complicated. I mean all the ethics, agreements, but we are going this direction. Well wow, but that's that's really cool. So so uh have you been thinking about startup? Startup <laughs> <laughs> But I mean indeed it sounds like a good idea for startup if if you have like this kind of devices and then you can um, supply them. Ah okay about that. No, we don't have a devices. The, what we are doing we are discovering uh designing new techniques how to diagnose ah, okay. not the tool which will diagnose but like the method with some existing tools or uh in the future of course existing tools can be redesigned you know and to become more like compact for example but we are using current technology uh, okay Irina, it's actually uh, there are a lot of places mentioned uh, you visited like University of Hamburg, NASA, Caltech and so on. So you had quite a lot of traveling during your research studies or like research work. Yes, that's that's very important for a new researcher to change research environment to build new collaborations. Actually right after this podcast I'm flying to UK for another oh. research visit. Oh nice, nice. 
So is it like traveling essential part of of uh, any research work? Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, I highly encourage uh, every everyone involved in science to travel, to attend conferences, to participate in any dinners after conferences. This is very important. This may be yeah, indeed, even more social interaction is, is very important. Itself. I agree. Yeah, social and yeah, building network that will of course um, help you to build your career to you know extend your knowledge. Yeah, otherwise you will just be always at one place in the same lab using the only techniques and methods you know. Yeah, I agree. So collaboration is is very important and uh, specifically if you can uh, share your knowledge and experience and uh, equipment and so on and get new connections and you probably get a boost in your your research work so exactly. at least it helps yeah i agree i agree but uh, what you have been doing in in nasa jet propulsion laboratory oh that was very interesting uh, project i actually i learned something new from there like uh calibration methods for high frequencies and measurement of devices very tiny devices which will be used in future for some you know satellite missions or even um should not be related to space. It's NASA, but NASA do a variety of things, right? A variety of research. Um, some investigation of some something on our Earth, on our planet. So, um, yeah, I was just learning there and also measuring some devices that they already fabricated, designed and fabricated over there. And I got, of course, available great experience there because I was surrounded with the world leaders in the field. That was, oh, that was very, 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 very um, inspiring. Inspiring, yeah. And the, the whole thing, you know, the idea that you've been in that place, you were walking, you go f- to get your morning coffee through some field where they're testing the wheels for Mars rover, the field. Wow, oh. that's, that sounds cool. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Did you always want to be a scientist, or could you imagine in like your your like childhood, or did you dream about being a scientist? Yes. How actually you appeared in 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 this field? Well, I was born. <laughs> I was born in family of physicists, scientists. So I was raised with this idea. I was over romanced with science from the very beginning of my life. I okay. couldn't so imagine. So you had like your lunch and dinners and scientific discussions when you were a kid. With my dad, yes, oh, okay. <laughs> yes, and uh, later on, and still now, with a glass of wine, we discuss our, even some common projects because I have uh, publications together with my father. He's a theoretician; I'm an experimentalist. We're on other <laughs> sides of that field, but that works. But you should always collaborate. If you are experimentalist, you should collaborate with theoretician. It's and hard to combine in one person these two sides. Okay, so you have you have big advantage, uh, like your father who is theoretician and you are doing experiments. So it's like uh, good good tandem. Yes, yeah, I was I was lucky. So you are working in the same you are working in the same field. Uh, not exactly, but uh, we can merge it together. There, there are some projects which, for example, during my PhD, I was working with the uh, in investigation of physical properties of uh, nanomaterials, like carbon materials, like graphene, carbon nanotubes, or other types of like 
nanowires, silver nanowires. So uh, I did some experimental investigations, but he studied some physics, uh, like uh, theoretically. Okay, that's uh, that sounds really great. Uh, but okay, maybe you have partly already answered your que- uh, or this question, the next question. But who are the three people who have been the most influential to you? <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Partly I answered it. My father, of course. Then I'm super grateful for my PhD supervisor, Antti Raisonen, who gave me this opportunity to work here in Finland at Aalto University. Who he? Okay, I was affiliated with Department of Electrical Engineering, but Auntie allowed me to do physics. So yes, I have a doctoral degree in engineering in technology, but I think about myself that I'm a physicist. Yeah, and a third one. Sometimes um, quite easy to come up with one or two names, mm-hmm. but what about third name? Uh, third, it's now I will just uh, say it's all my colleagues and friends. Also, you, Vasily, for example, okay. you're included in this, this group. Yeah, but we work. We like we are. We didn't have any projects together in these ten years, but we discuss science every single day. So every person with whom you can discuss the science, any kind of scientific problem, every day. This person some impact okay that's uh, great to hear thank you that I was in that group uh, but actually yeah how how long you have been working in in scientific research um, if we will count also bachelor studies then 16 years if not then 10 years after okay, starting so it's quite PhD. quite long period Mm-mm. yeah I'm an expert now <laughs> wow that's great to have an expert here today but um, what what actually is the motivation that keeps you going and uh, doing this research? So as far as I understood, of course, like uh, your colleagues and, and traveling and also discovering new things. But maybe is there anything else which just gives you motivation to continue doing what you are doing now? Uh, investigating new things, of course, very important. But uh, also that feeling that you're doing something which can help people for the future. Like... Uh, for an entire you know, human being, you know, to solve some problems, uh, especially when we speak about some biomedical application, yeah, but also, uh, you know, to advance the technology. So we're now have ability to live how we live because of what? Because of science, <laughs> because of people who are uh, motivated to do that, who are like, inspired with science. Indeed. And... Uh What's one thing you wish you had known when you began your career? Um, well, if you if yeah. you could travel in time, what would you <laughs> tell yourself? Uh, like, what knowledge you would share with you, but younger, starting this field and this research and and these studies? Well, I know young people don't like to plan a lot; they live their life sometimes without real planning. But if you would like to be become a very successful scientist, I would recommend you to plan in advance, like your steps, okay, you will graduate during your um, uh, PhD, what kind, which travels you will do, to which research group, what I mean, kind of collaborations you will be. It's quite hard to plan because uh, 
probably whenever you start PhD studies, you don't know this field so well. Mm-hmm. You don't know uh, professors there. You don't know leaders there who is like leading the this uh, direction. So it, it's quite difficult to plan in that sense. It's quite difficult to plan, but you have to be active. Okay. Uh, well, okay. I knew that. So I was quite active. That's why I managed to build quite a mm, great collaboration network. But I see now other students quite passive. So that would be probably your advice to, to others. To people others. starting yeah, this yeah, yeah. or going to, to science and doing PhDs. And yeah. Okay. Yeah, but that's great advice. Uh, what is one common myth about your profession, if you have any? Um, well, I know that there is one problem that exists, is this gender inequality in science. I know it exists, but I never met it personally, so it's hard to discuss. Because uh, they so you're say... you're talking about that uh, there are not many women in, yes. in science. And I, I can say I disagree now because I see a lot. I see I'm not the only woman in the department. There are many. And we have the same opportunities as men. So I believe this problem exists somewhere in some other countries. But I don't see it here now in Europe. So to me, that sounds like a myth. Uh, okay, yeah, that's that's good to know. Uh, that it's it's only a myth. <laughs> And it's, it's very, very nice to hear that it's a myth. Uh, but uh, have you been thinking... What kind of occupation you could try if, like, or now, let's say, if uh, not doing only science, but what, what other, like, work you can do or would like to do, actually? Or let's let's put it this way. So if, if you need to, to change your profession right now, where you would go, which field you would take and, like, what you would like to do and why? Okay, you see, I never had a plan B. I had only plan A here to become a scientist, to be a scientist. I can't really imagine, but I have other activities. I did a lot of modeling, I mean, fashion modeling, not numerical modeling, fashion modeling as well. And uh, I, I do sports a lot. And not only, I'm not only, you know, participating in some fashion shows or I'm not only running some in some competitions, but I also do some model teaching. So maybe I would be somewhere in sports or in fashion world, maybe. And actually, that's a very good uh, advice, maybe, for young researchers to have some other hobbies and activities, to have something which will, you know, after a hard day in a lab, you can just go around in the forest, stress out, you're ready to work again. Physical exercises together with brain exercises work together very well. That's one more great advice for, for our listeners, indeed. Um, you mentioned teaching. Do you do teaching in, in your research or at, like at university? No, I'm not a teacher. No, I'm not a lecturer, I'll say that. But I'm a teacher. I'm advising, uh, advisor, yeah. I, I have uh, PhD students and master's students and uh, every day I'm in connection with them. So uh, from this point of view, yes, I, I'm a teacher, but not a lecturer. And uh, how, how large is your group? It's um, about 12 people now. I have five PhD students to um, one master's student and uh, uh, in- invited PhD. So 
quite okay. quite large. And uh, of course, uh, postdocs to postdocs to senior scientist and professor. Have you been thinking like what you will be doing in like five years or ten years? Do you have long term plans? Do you want to stay in science or do you want to go in industry and work like in some company? I'm thinking about or fashion it. modeling. Oh, maybe fashion modeling. <laughs> yeah, we'll go in parallel. But um, yeah, I always wanted to become a professor. So in staying in science, of course, in academia. But why not to go to company? Some companies also can provide you uh, this possibility to do, you know, research. So you want to stay and do like R and D activities? Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. So in the field of uh, like physics and uh, medical imaging. Exactly. Yeah. To continue research. Uh, can you highlight any any kind of interesting projects which you're working on now? Well, that um, early stage diagnosis of um, eye diseases, for example, and then we have also projects with European Space Agency. Uh, you know, to calibrate and test uh, devices at high frequencies like at terahertz frequencies. Okay, Irina, and uh, one more question. Um, where can our listeners connect with you online? Online? Well, I'm, I'm socially active, <laughs> media active. So I have, of course, Instagram, Irina Nefedova, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, please. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, we will provide in the description, of course, your contact details as well and uh, maybe yeah last question for today uh, you know we have this uh, podcast about uh, popular science and and uh, trying to talk with different researchers in different field uh, with industry and so on and uh, i have one more question um, what um, what actually you would like to ask the next person who who will be our guest mm, well in my leisure time i also like to read a lot So my question would be, what kind of literature do you, a new guest, <laughs> prefer? Or fiction or maybe it's scientific reading? Okay, so you mean in, in like free time? After in free time, yes. Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's really great question. And uh, let's learn what our next guest will say in the next episode. But uh, thank you for being with us today, Irina. And thank uh, Thanks to our listeners and uh, talk to you in next episode. Thank you. Thank you, Vasily.